This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, August 12th. A Brumley woman was seriously injured Wednesday in a motorcycle crash on Route T. 34-year-old Bonnie Stewart was driving when the motorcycle overturned, began to skid, and went off the right side of the roadway. Stewart had serious injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital by Camden County Ambulance. A Kaiser man's been arrested after allegedly sending explicit images to a child. Authorities say 41-year-old Jeffrey Andrews sent explicit photographs and messages to an 11-year-old. During the investigation, Miller County deputies say they found messages and images from Andrews to the victim. Andrews has been charged with sexual misconduct involving a child and enticement of a child. His bond's been set at $100,000. He's in custody at the Miller County Jail. The Champagne Campaign is back for a memorable night at the lake and a great way to support local charities all at once. The Champagne Campaign will be held at La Roca Club on Saturday, September 24th. Doors will open at 4.30 in the afternoon. Tickets are $65, and that includes food, games, raffles, and a live and silent auction. This event raises funds for the Community Foundation of the Lake's annual grant. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF. And tomorrow it's game one of the preseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, they've been at training camp for three weeks now and first preseason game tomorrow in Chicago against the Bears. The final two preseason games will be at home on the 20th against Washington and then Thursday the 25th against the Packers. Regular season opener is on 9-11 in Arizona against the Cardinals. Now the NASCAR boys getting down to the nitty-gritty. They've got just three races left before their playoffs get underway. They'll be at Richmond this week, Watkins Glen next week, and then the next week they'll be at Daytona. Then the playoffs round of 16 will get underway uh, in September. So uh, things getting tight there. As for baseball, the Cardinals just finished off a series against the Rockies. They are back at home to open a three-game weekend series against the Brewers tonight. 
first place on the line with the Brewers and the Cardinals going head-to-head. Now, the Royals just got done with four games against the White Sox. They're at home to play the Dodgers for a three-game series tonight. That ought to be interesting. And, of course, right around the corner, college football. Mizzou and MSU both open their seasons on September 1st. That's a Thursday. Mizzou will be home against Louisiana Tech, and MSU will be on the road against Central Arkansas. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local lake area shows. They're all great, including Weekend at the Lake with Bob Spicer letting you know what's coming up on the weekend. Of course, you can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como, Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, just do a search for Lake TV, and absolutely free streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Join 89.3 The Key for the BS Nation, featuring Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Bring in people who are influential in the community and focus mostly on state or local, and that's really what that's what we wanted to do. Ike and Matt will address local and state issues and how they affect the lake area. It's up to the listener to take it in how they want to take it in. It's the BS Nation, Mondays and Saturdays at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 2 a.m. on 89.3 The Key. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Many people don't know that the Bible speaks about dinosaurs, even though we use the names from those biblical descriptions. Consider behemoth, a term commonly used for really big things. We read in the book of Job's chapter 40, Behold behemoth which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. His strength is in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. His tail is like a cedar and the sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze and his limbs like bars of iron. He lies in the covert of the reeds and marsh. If the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. No one can take him with hooks or pierce his nose with a snare. I can imagine that passage describing an Apatosaurus or Brachiosaurus or Diplodocus, any of the large plant-eating dinosaurs who occasionally supported their weight in shallow lakes and rivers. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer.
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. Hey, good morning. It is 8.08, and I thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We are at uh, 60, it says here 67 degrees, but I want to double-check that before we get into things. Uh, 67, uh, 67, that's exactly what uh, we're looking at here in uh, beautiful downtown Osage Beach as we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Let me update that temperature. I see 72. So we'll go with a clear sky, 72 degrees, 90 the high today, a few clouds. Clear tonight, the low of 67, some perfect weather for you to come down to the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip for hot summer nights. I'll tell you more about that here shortly. Sunny and 94 for tomorrow, partly cloudy and 95 on Sunday. And then uh, looks like Monday we will hit a high of around 90 and a partly cloudy sky. Scattered showers and thunderstorms a possibility on Tuesday with a high, they're saying, of around 78 degrees. So Mother Nature giving us a bit of a reprieve here in the month of August, and that is certainly fine. Partly cloudy and 82 on Wednesday, sunny and 84 on uh, Thursday. And then uh, morning showers possible on Friday the 19th with a high of 84, a low of 64. We'll have some high school football jamboree action for you on uh, Friday over on uh, 93.5. Myself, Brendan Matthews, Luke Hagedorn getting together for, I believe this is like our 13th season. And we, uh, we've had a ball. We've had a fun run. And, of course, this is uh, the last year for head coach Jeff Shore. His uh, son, Bear, will be graduating as well. And so uh, Jeff is, I I think Jeff's going to be a little bit like his father, Bob Shore. And even though he won't be the head football coach of the Lakers, you'll probably see him prowling the sidelines uh, just a little bit during future uh, seasons. I mean, what is a head coach to do? When you're the head coach, it's kind of hard to just sit on your hands on a Friday night (laughs) and not be up there in the thick of things, but... Uh, It's going to be a fun year for the Lakers, and it will uh, certainly be a very momentous year for uh, Jeff. And we'll see where the Lakers go from that as far as uh, getting a new HUD coach. 810 is our time. Now, there, that makes sense. It's updated. 70 degrees now. Uh, In uh, in Osage Beach, it's at 72. First, it's at 67. (laughs) 72, now 70. So we'll add 67 and 72 together, divide by two, and... There's pretty much where we're at, if that's what you want to do. We've got a great show coming up for you this morning. Uh, Fred Costa, who is uh, a mutual friend of uh, of Jim Paisley and uh, myself, he works at the uh, Ozark International Raceway. And I don't know if you've had the chance to get up there and see any of the events going on, but the place has just been uh, drawing all kinds of racing to this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful road course that they've got set up, and uh, a variety of road courses, if you will. But uh, Fred actually works there, and I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to uh, talk to Fred and see just exactly what goes on, because I don't know how many of you that live here locally have had the chance to go and watch a race. But uh, lots and lots of racing there. It's very exciting. Looking forward to uh, more racing coming in the uh, days, weeks, months, and years to come. 
But uh, what a great facility we have there. I mean, we've got all kinds of things here at the Lake of the Ozarks when you think about it. Uh, you've got uh, road courses. You've got dirt tracks. Uh, Lake Ozark Speedway, which is a great place to go. And sitting there right around turn four, uh, they'll kick some dirt up on you if you're lucky. Have a little souvenir to take home. Picking out a chunk of dirt from between your teeth or something like that. Dirt track racing is exciting. I've always enjoyed it. And uh, then, of course, you've got the road course over at Ozark uh, International Raceway. And uh, looking forward to talking to Fred Costa this morning. We've got that uh, Ballparks National out there as well, that beautiful facility out uh, around the Max Creek area. We're going to have to get uh, Jeff Renetti back in here to talk about uh, what a year it's been because I know there is another great, great opportunity for people to come to the lake. And uh, while they do participate in the softball and uh, baseball tournaments and things along those lines, uh, we get all kinds of people in here to show off our beautiful lake and all of the facilities we have available that bring people in for one reason or another. How about uh, Hot Summer Nights? That's going on tonight. But uh, before I get to that, let's uh, talk a little bit about Mr. Dave Maupin, who will be joining us coming up uh, at 9.10. We'll get the most recent edition of Among the Dogwoods. If you haven't subscribed, you need to do so. And so, Dave, if you're listening, I've got your coffee cup ready. Made some extra coffee for you this morning, sir. So come on in, grab a cup of coffee, and uh, let's talk about what's going on in the area we know as Camden County. Of course, it's not too much longer the kids are going to be headed back to school. How many parents are uh, just about ready for summer vacation to be over? (laughs) Well, uh, another event going on tonight. Don't forget about it. Hot summer nights on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. Speaking of which, before we get to that, lake level at 659.38. River level at 552.89. And the surface water temp at 83 degrees. And it does look like a warm weekend for us, but uh, we've got that big old bad old body of water we call the Lake of the Ozarks. So, uh, folks, I mean this in the nicest way possible. As always, just go jump in the lake, right? Go jump in the lake. <laughs> did he just tell us to go jump in the lake? I did. And i got to tell you, though, it's been nice in the evening getting home from work and hanging out with some friends and uh, getting out on the lake in the evening Probably, oh, 5, 5.30, getting a little bit of sun and just uh, kind of laying on one of those floating maps. Uh, maps, I, I say maps, mats. And uh, taking it all in before everybody comes down and starts churning up that lake. We're getting close to shootout as well. And maybe we can uh, get somebody on to talk a little bit about some of the events that are coming up. They've got the mini shootout that's going to be happening here. Uh, and still a number of, of events. You've got the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony that's going to be going on. And then all of that outstanding racing, the 27th and 28th at Captain Ron's Bar and Grill, where the event has been for a number of years. They continue to raise incredible amounts of money for local charities. And uh, they're always looking for volunteers. So I believe you might want to give them a call over there. And... Uh, Talk to Mr. Koenigsman at the Lake West Chamber and see if they need any volunteers to help out. It's interesting. We have an employment shortage at the lake, but I don't think that we really ever have an issue 
with um, with volunteers. People seem to always show up in droves to help out various causes around the Lake of the Ozarks. Hot summer nights. Let me get to it. I mean, I kept kicking it off and kicking the can down the road. That is going on tonight on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. It is going to be a fun night, 5 until 10. We do it the second Friday of every month, May through September. So you've got two more chances tonight and uh, September the 9th to uh, see what's going on. And they, uh, they always do it and do it upright. You've got uh, all the beautiful vehicles that people bring down. You've got some uh, fun things going on here and there for the kids. Uh, you never know who you're going to see. Bring your family, bring your friends. Bring your vehicles down to hot summer nights, 5 until 10, on the, as I said, beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. It is going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there, as always. Uh, Come by and say hello. I'll be in front of Summer USA. And I always like to uh, encourage the car clubs that are there to bring me a flyer, because if you come by and support our event, we are more than happy to mention your event uh, whenever it may be, wherever it may be, but uh, we're happy to pass that information along to all of the folks. So uh, when you have a car show going on for one reason or another, uh, maybe some of the folks from Hot Summer Nights will show up. Some of our local folks will want to see what's going on in other parts of the state. So make sure you drop off those flyers. Again, I'll be in front of Summer USA tonight from 5 until 10. And it looks like, uh, again, 90 degrees, 67 the low. So probably some decent weather. If we can get a good breeze, we're normally set. And I wonder if Miss Loretta is going to be there tonight. Now, Miss Loretta has been busy with some personal matters. And she was there last month. We got to see her. She didn't uh, bring her normal setup. But I'm hoping she comes down tonight and uh, sets up. She always has fun stuff for the kids. And then we've got uh, Charcoal Chuck, who uh, does the charcoal portraits of people. And I believe he's got a good deal for kids. So he'll be uh, in front of Summer USA as well. We had a young lady that was doing the henna tattoos. So you can come down and see what it would be like to have an actual tattoo. But the good news is, is eventually they come off. So like if your kid wants a tattoo, mom, I want an anchor on each forearm like Popeye. And I remember saying that to some people and (laughs) they had no idea who Popeye was. We have got the folks. I uh, I don't know if Kathy Jeffries and the folks will be down tonight from uh, the group that is working to save the historic Swinging Bridge in Brumley. Uh, but the last uh, few times, I think, let's see, May, June, July, uh, they were set up down there. They've got some merch, and then they've got uh, some information on the Swinging Bridge and actually what they're trying to do in order to get that taken care of. And I think I mentioned it earlier in the week that the Swinging Bridge in Brumley is as much a part of the lake as the lake itself. Uh, I believe it was built back in 1931, a very unique structure. Uh, one of the things people would always do when they came to the lake is uh, stop by and see the historic swinging bridge. And, folks, I, uh, I went out there with Mr. Bill Mulder. We did a segment of On the Trail, and the bridge is definitely in need of repair. And so if you can help these folks with a donation, uh, they would certainly appreciate it. You can buy some of the merch. I know they've got shirts and some prints and some other things, but uh, lots of information. So 
The theme tonight is, I believe, rat rods and hot rods. Show us what you got. So if you're somebody with a rat rod or a hot rod, come on down again to Hot Summer Nights, 5 until 10 tonight on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. Lots going on. I mean, this is just a time and a place and uh, some just wonderful destination for people. And they are... uh, They are coming to the lake in droves. They certainly are. Uh, from Yahoo.com, and I hope I pronounced this correctly. I've tried numerous times, and I think I've always kind of butchered it. It said, here's the best time to see the Perseide meteor shower in uh, Missouri this week. If I'm mispronouncing that, please feel free to call me on the uh, Key Radio Community hotline and help me adjust my pronunciation. But this uh, meteor shower is going to be taking place. The full moon may be the only thing that stands in the way of seeing uh, the meteor shower peak this week. According to NASA, the most vivid annual meteor showers will peak August 12th and 13th with between 50 to 100 shooting stars per hour. The meteors are remnants of uh, comet Swift-Tuttle, a snowball composed of ice, rock, and dust, which orbits the sun every 133 years, according to NASA. The comet was last visible in 1992 and won't pass again until 2025. I'm sorry, 2125. 2125. The moon may cause some issues, though, as the planetoid will be brighter than any other objects in the sky. Sadly, this year's peak of the meteor shower will see the worst possible circumstances for spotters, said NASA astronomer Bill Cook via a news release. Most of us in North America would normally see 50 or 60 meteors per hour, but this year, during the normal peak, the full moon will reduce that to about 20, uh, 10 to 20 per hour at best. As far as uh, weather goes, it looks like it uh, will otherwise be mostly clear. According to Steve Runnels, warning coordination meteorologist for the National Weather Service for the Springfield office. So Springfield right down the road from us, that's uh, a good thing to know. But the moon is going to play a part in it. I remember years ago, I had a pickup truck, and uh, my wife at the time and I would uh, go and find a nice dark spot, throw an old mattress in the back of the pickup truck, and uh, lay there and look up at the sky and uh, watch the meteors. And it was a lot of fun. And every once in a while, man, you would see one that just really lit up the sky. But again, uh, this year, uh, the meteor shower has to compete with the brightness from the moon. So maybe you'll see some. I don't know exactly... uh, if you feel like staying up late, but if you uh, <laughs> maybe have a case of insomnia tonight or tomorrow night, you might be able to uh, you might be able to check it out. Missouri is uh, going to be investing in uh, in electric vehicle charging stations. If you didn't know, somewhere to the tune of uh, about one hundred million dollars, one hundred million dollars. Missouri transportation officials are preparing to spend more than $100 million on electric vehicle charging stations as part of a national plan to boost the number of battery-powered cars and trucks on the road. The Missouri Department of Transportation recently submitted a draft report to the federal government outlining how it plans to add charging stations to key locations along the state's interstate highway system. The move could reverse a trend. Missouri has lagged behind other states in charging station uh, build-out. A key issue in the expansion of electric vehicles, the state 
had been hesitant to invest, with electricity regulators and utilities at first waffling on their involvement. But the new plan is a signal that government and private industry are now preparing for a future with more EVs on the road. How are we doing with that? Are you seeing more electric vehicles? Electric vehicles um, are a bit on the expensive side. Obviously, not everyone can afford an electric vehicle, but they're certainly pushing it. When do we get to the point, when do we get to a point where the government really starts impressing upon us the need for electric vehicles and trying to uh, get us off of fossil fuels? Oh, my goodness. So from the uh, stack, if you will, of interesting but maybe not so much, uh, not very gentlemanly, Secret Service detail, it says here, well, they did something, um, I guess most folks would say that is a little over the top. The Secret Service detail blocks off handicapped parking for 20 minutes while Kamala Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff, shops at Whole Foods in Los Angeles. Witnesses spotted Emhoff's Secret Service detail outside Whole Foods in Los Angeles on Wednesday. Two Secret Service SUVs parked diagonally across handicapped designated parking space for 20 minutes. Emhoff was also seen picking up dry cleaning as he ran errands under Secret Service protection. Vice President Harris uh, Emhoff's spouse has been a vocal advocate for people with disabilities. As long as you don't get in his way. (laughs) A Secret Service spokesman declined to comment on the matter, citing operational security concerns. Nothing to see here. Everyone move along. So he uh, had to stop in. Uh, at a Whole Foods in Los Angeles and do some shopping. And in the process, uh, they blocked off some handicapped parking. And I'm sure the people who needed to use that were just like, oh, well, if, if it's Kamala Harris's husband, or Kamala. <laughs> uh, I guess that's okay. I can wait. I don't need to get my groceries. Not at all. I'm happy to allow the vice president's husband to do what he needs to do, and we'll just sit here and wait. What do you think he was in there shopping for? Do you think he was uh, getting something to make uh, his dinner? Or, I don't know. Uh, The FBI is dissolving before our eyes into a rogue security service akin to those in Eastern Europe during the Cold War. This from pjmedia.com. Take the FBI's deliberately asymmetrical application of law. This week, the Bureau uh, surprise raided the home of former President Donald Trump, a historic first. A massive uh, phalanx of FBI agents swooped into the Trump residence while he was not home to confiscate his personal property, safe, and records. All of this was over an archival dispute of presidential papers common to many former presidents. Agents swarmed the entire house, including the wardrobe closet of the former first lady. You never know what she's got in there. They were probably amazed to see all of the, uh, you know, top designers in that closet. Not the actual designers themselves, but uh, the clothes that they make. Uh, Note, we are less than 90 days from uh, the midterm election. And this was not just a raid, but a political act. 
The Democratic Party is anticipated to suffer historical losses. Trump was on the verge of announcing his 2024 presidential candidacy. In many polls, he remains the Republican frontrunner for the nomination and well ahead of incumbent President Joe Biden uh, in a 2024 rematch. In 2016, then-FBI Director James Comey announced that uh, candidate Hillary Clinton was guilty of destroying subpoenaed emails, a likely felony pertaining to her tenure as Secretary of State, yet he all but pledged that she would not be prosecuted given her status as a presidential candidate. As far as targeting presidential candidates, Trump was impeached in 2020 ostensibly for delaying military aid to Ukraine by asking Ukrainian officials to investigate more fully the clearly corrupt Biden family, given Joe Biden at the time was a likely possible presidential opponent in 2020. The FBI has devolved into a personal retrieval service for an incorrigible Biden family. It suppressed for political purposes, information surrounding Hunter Biden's missing laptop on the eve of the 2020 election. Now, there is another story I saw here that apparently former President Trump pleaded the fifth more than 440 times during his deposition in New York, only answering a question about what his name is. (laughs) So... We are uh, set to move ahead. As I said, Fred Costa is going to join us this morning at about 8.40. We're going to talk about what's going on at Ozark International Raceway, a great place, a great facility. Dave Maupin will be in to join us. And if you play your cards right, he might uh, discuss what it is that we're talking about with the uh, latest edition of Among the Dogwoods. And uh, he might even go as far as to enlighten us with uh, another story from his uh, days with the LAPD. So stick around, behave yourselves to the best of your abilities. And thank you for joining us this morning. We've got information from our media partners, including LakeExpo.com. Stacy Johnson bringing us some local news. And Lake TV, Uncle Chris, Chris Schneider, the master of disaster with a check of sports. We are back with more after this. Thank you so much for tuning in. 89.3, keyradio.live. Free apps for your uh, iPhone, for your Android. Just uh, go to your store, type in keyradio, K-E-Y-K, and hopefully everything works out. I know we've had some issues with the Android app, but uh, Bill Munhausen has been working at a fever pitch to take care of all of that for you. And uh, we would like to uh, take care of all of that for you as well and to provide you with... uh, a great program we call The Daily Show on the I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, August 12th. A Brumley woman was seriously injured Wednesday in a motorcycle crash on Route T. 34-year-old Bonnie Stewart was driving when the motorcycle overturned, began to skid, and went off the right side of the roadway. Stewart had serious injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital by Camden County Ambulance. A Kaiser man's been arrested after allegedly sending explicit images to a child. Authorities say 41-year-old Jeffrey Andrews sent explicit photographs and messages to an 11-year-old. During the investigation, Miller County deputies say they found messages and images from Andrews to the victim. Andrews has been charged with sexual misconduct involving a child and enticement of a child. His bond's been set at $100,000. He's in custody at the Miller County Jail.
The Champagne Campaign is back for a memorable night at the lake and a great way to support local charities all at once. The Champagne Campaign will be held at La Roca Club on Saturday, September 24th. Doors will open at 4.30 in the afternoon. Tickets are $65, and that includes food, games, raffles, and a live and silent auction. This event raises funds for the Community Foundation of the Lake's annual grant. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF. And tomorrow it's game one of the preseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, they've been at training camp for three weeks now and first preseason game tomorrow in Chicago against the Bears. The final two preseason games will be at home on the 20th against Washington and then Thursday the 25th against the Packers. Regular season opener is on 9-11 in Arizona against the Cardinals. Now the NASCAR boys getting down to the nitty-gritty. They've got just three races left before their playoffs get underway. They'll be at Richmond this week, Watkins Glen next week, and then the next week they'll be at Daytona. Then the playoffs round of 16 will get underway uh, in September. So uh, things getting tight there. As for baseball, the Cardinals just finished off a series against the Rockies. They are back at home to open a three-game weekend series against the Brewers tonight. First place on the line with the Brewers and the Cardinals going head-to-head. Now, the Royals just got done with four games against the White Sox. They're at home to play the Dodgers for a three-game series tonight. That ought to be interesting. And, of course, right around the corner, college football. Mizzou and MSU both open their seasons on September 1st. That's a Thursday. Mizzou will be home against Louisiana Tech, and MSU will be on the road against Central Arkansas. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows. They're all great, including Weekend at the Lake with Bob Spicer, letting you know what's coming up on the weekend. Of course, you can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como, Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, just do a search for Lake TV, and absolutely free streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. 
Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the Key with your monthly donation. Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 abuse this is your chance to get involved in community radio lake of the ozarks with 89.3 the key and welcome back we are enjoying another beautiful day at the lake and i gotta tell you folks the weather well the weather is going to be very conducive to enjoying a wonderful weekend at the lake and having some fun Right now we're looking at about 73 degrees here in Osage Beach, and we hope that you will take the time to uh, get out and have some fun. My goodness, we've got uh, all kinds of good things going on. Looking at uh, a high today of around 90 degrees, a low tonight of 67. And, uh, well, we'll see some sunshine as well as a few clouds during the day, a clear sky tonight. We hope that you uh, might even consider checking out the meteor shower. You'll Probably not see as many meteors as you normally would. They say anywhere from 50 to 100, but uh, the meteor shower will be competing with the brightness of a full moon. 94 the high tomorrow with a sunny sky. Partly cloudy and 95 on Sunday. 90 the high on Monday with a partly cloudy sky. Scattered thunderstorms possible on Tuesday. Looking for a high of only 78. Can you live with that? Partly cloudy and 82 Wednesday. Sunny and 84 Thursday. And then some morning showers possible on Friday. Again, don't forget uh, hot summer nights going on tonight on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. We've got it going on uh, from 5 until 10. We do those the second t- uh, Friday, second Friday of every month, May through September. And tonight the theme is Rat Rods and Hot Rods. Show us what you got. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. 8.40 is our time, and I'd like to bring on a gentleman who uh, is working out there at Ozarks International Raceway. His name is Fred Costa, and Fred and I have a mutual friend in Professor Jim Paisley. That's how I learned about uh, Fred and uh, the fact that he works out there. And so I thought we'd get him on the air to talk a little bit about what he does and also talk about Ozarks International Raceway. Fred, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, KB. I'm doing great. And, yes, I'm enjoying this beautiful, cool morning at the lake. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. So you uh, you got on at uh, Ozarks International Raceway. And uh, tell yeah, us a little. Kind of a... Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, tell us, kind of a... tell us what you do. I'm what's called a corner marshal uh, at, at road courses. If you ever watch them on television, you'll notice that there's flaggers at, you know, basically every corner because obviously you can't see the start-finish line from the entire track. And so that's what I do. I've worked different corners. I've worked four different corners so far, and I'm just in a little flag stand, and mm-hmm. I watch traffic go by and keep an eye on the, the racers, and if there's an incident or debris on the track, or, you know, somebody's leaking fluid, there's an appropriate flag for all of those different types of problems. And mm-hmm. that's, I throw my flag out, and then I, through a headset, talk to the folks at Race Control and let them know what's going on. Right. So let's uh, let's talk about the various colored flags. You've got uh, what color flag for somebody if they go off the track? Uh, it's a yellow, yellow flag. That would be a local yellow. Uh-huh. And then uh, if they're... If they're in the grass, as in they literally go off the track, it's a standing yellow. In other words, it's not waving. Right. And if they spin out or there's an accident and they're on the track, then it's a waving yellow. Okay. And, and then, then there's the. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna continue on with the, the various uh, things that may happen and the flags that you have. But uh, but go right ahead, Fred. Uh, you're you're doing a fine job. I'll just shut the heck up. <laughs> you don't have to shut up. But there's a, there's a debris flag, which is uh, red and yellow stripes, kind of orangey stripes, uh-huh. and that's for uh, if there's again oil on the track or if somebody went off track and put you know dirt or gravel or grass something on the track, then you wave that and. Usually, if it's just a little bit of debris, you wave it for a lap or two, and the cars kind of clean it up on their own just by running through it. Right. If it's oil or something like that, then we'll have to go full course yellow, and they'll bring out the safety crew and clean it up. So you obviously have to, while you'd like to be able to just kick back and enjoy the race, you you really have to keep your eyes on uh, what's happening and react as quickly as possible so uh, other uh vehicles and drivers don't uh, end up uh, being involved in what's going on. Certainly, you don't want to see any accidents. Uh, so it's a very important uh, role that you play at Ozarks International Raceway. Now, you say you're a flag marshal. Does that get you any uh, any special benefits out in the general public? Does uh, I don't know if you're married. Uh, it does, does your wife say, oh, well, it's the flag marshal. So tonight, I'm going to make him something really <laughs> well, special for dinner. I special treatment at home, but nothing, nothing out in the real world. I see. I see. <laughs> So um, what kind of a background do you have as far as racing? Obviously, it's something that you enjoy, and, uh, and, and have you been involved uh, in this sort of thing in the past? Uh, what got you involved at uh, Ozarks International Raceway? Yeah, well, what got me involved with, with the raceway here was just kind of by fluke. Um, 
I live right by it, so I was very excited when it was being built. Sure. And then they actually put a, a post on Facebook that said that they were look they were shorthanded and they were looking for people. Right. To to be corner marshals or you know corner workers, and so I just contacted them, and, and I do have some history in racing with vintage racing. I've been a I'm a former member of the SCCA Sports Car Club of America, just as a as a crew person. I've never owned one, but and I was a uh, crew chief on a vintage Ford Mustang for several years when we lived in Illinois. So you know it was just a perfect fit for me. And what was that like when they started breaking ground? Did you have any idea what they were doing, or did you have to kind of watch as the uh, uh, the overall construction of the raceway uh, was was developing there? Uh, did you have any knowledge prior to uh, them even breaking ground as to what was going on? No, it was it was an old turkey farm, and uh, and I think they ran cattle too. It's uh, it's it's a big place. It's six hundred and fifty four total acres for uh-huh. whole facility and everything that they were do- they put in an asphalt plant so everybody in the neighborhood was like you know what the heck's going on here <laughs> and because uh, you could see the asphalt plant from the highway but you couldn't see any of the work they were doing because it's all kind of over the hill but it didn't take long before you know word got out and i'd say probably after about a year once a year after they started construction they put up a little sign that said Ozarks International Raceway, so then you kind of knew what, what was going on. Right, right. Yeah, they even turned a couple of the old turkey barns are now the garages for the race car drivers. And I know that sounds really Ozarkian, but it's not. <laughs> they, did a, they did a really good job. <laughs> it's, it's just the shell of the turkey barn that is left. Right. Inside, it's all paved now, and, you know, everything's it's a beautiful facility. Well, I think it uh, is 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 something that uh, the lake can be very proud of, and it's still like that hidden gem. I mean, there are a lot of people who know about it, yourself included, but there are also a lot of people who, uh, when you tell them, we've uh, yeah we've we've got a, a a beautiful road course here at the Lake of the Ozarks, they're like, well, where in the world is it? So I guess now the key for the folks is to uh, get people on board and to get them out to the races. And I certainly would love to come out sometime and uh, and watch what's going on. Uh, being a fan of of, uh, of uh, racing myself, and and I have been for a whole lot of years. But this is something you know. I guess a lot of people are maybe more familiar with NASCAR and uh, the level that NASCAR is on in this day and age. Uh, there's probably uh, new fans that are uh, getting involved in it. Uh, NASCAR has done. Uh, a relatively good job of uh, PR and trying to get out to all different age groups. And, uh, you know, you see a lot more people that would traditionally maybe not watch this event uh, getting involved in it and liking it. And certainly NASCAR itself uh, has understood the need to uh, get involved in road racing. And we have, right. uh, they, have, they have several road uh, courses that they, uh, that they participate on now. As opposed to yeah, you know, they did eight this season, right? And 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 you know your typical oval track, mile and a half, uh, speedway, super speedway, some short track racing and things along that line. And uh, are, are you a are you a NASCAR fan? Do you follow that on Sundays? Yeah, I do. And uh, and actually, the guy that built and owns O I O I R Ozark International Raceway, J R Pesic. He's really involved with uh, IMSA racing, which is sports car racing. Mm-hmm. 
and he has aspirations, you know, to get Indy, NASCAR, IMSA, and SRO out there eventually. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. He, with the connections he has, I wouldn't be surprised if we at least get IMSA out there. Yeah, which would be fantastic. That certainly would be uh, a big uh, shot in the arm to the area, and uh, maybe even bring in some uh, some vans. But you know, when we talk about sports car racing and uh, all the varieties of uh, classes that they have, do you have one in particular that you really enjoy watching, uh, or is it something that, regardless of uh, who's racing, you just like to uh, go out there and and acting as a flag marshal? Sure, but I would imagine maybe on occasion you get to just go and enjoy a race now, now and again. Yeah, I uh, I mean I like everything. I don't care if they're just running little Mazda Miatas around there. I like to go watch and or work but my favorite as far as road courses goes is still vintage race cars group six cars like you know 68 mustangs and camaros and corvettes in that era that's what i used to work on and that's what i really enjoy big horsepower cars you're speaking my language fred you certainly are and and it's uh the uh i just also wanted to say there's nothing on going on at the track uh for well, July's gone, but for July and August and even September, they might, they're talking about maybe having a car show, but in October, uh, October 7th through the 9th is the World Racing League. I'm not really sure what that is, uh-huh. but on October 14th through 16th is the Vintage Sports Car Driver Association. That will be exactly what I was just talking about, uh, group, group six cars and cars like that. And then in October 21st to 23rd, is tag T A G U S A carts? I I think those are like mini Indy lights, but I'm not positive. Well, um, I can tell you that uh, I am here at SRG Financial Advisors. That is where our studio is, and there's a young right. man. His name is Christopher Lacasse, and he has been out on that track a couple of times. And it's interesting because they do offer the general public an opportunity to come out there. And race as yep. well, and and so you get local folks, but then you get a whole mess of people that come in from all over the country uh, to race on the track when it's open to. I say open to the public. There are certain things that you have to do to qualify. I mean, you can't show up. Right. You can't show up with your 1974 Gremlin, and uh, uh, unless it's in racing condition, uh, to go out there and and do uh, do some laps around the track. But it is interesting at various times of the year, they allow the public if you qualify to come out and uh, and race and uh they have different levels and it's uh, it's really neat beginners intermediate uh, advanced uh, racers all get an opportunity to go out there and i think that is just uh, so incredible because that is certainly not the case of every track every road course uh in and around the united states and and i don't know uh, essentially how they do things over in in europe and they've got, well, they've got road courses all over the world. But uh, this is such a unique opportunity. And 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 what has the um, what has the community support been like? Have you been out there when you've talked to people from uh, the local area that are just uh, uh, just pleased as punch that we've got a a road course and we're bringing in all these uh, uh, these different races? Well, as far as talking to folks at the track. Um we don't, as as corner workers, we don't really get to talk to anybody because we are on our corner before the track opens, mm-hmm. and we don't leave our corner until the track is cold. Okay. So, you know, we don't really speak to anybody, but I can tell you folks in our neighborhood are excited and folks in town are excited. Yeah. 
the way people can get on that thing kind of open to the public drivers if you will there's some there's driver groups around that are kind of race car race driver training programs mm-hmm. uh, one of them that's close to us here is called NASA NASA the central region and and what happens is they will they're like instructor schools and they will rent the track for a day or a weekend and their members come and bring their own cars i see and so it, so it's it's a track day but it's not like you were saying it's, as you kind of alluded to we can't just show up in your street car if you don't have certain things that you're not affiliated with the group right 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 and i know uh you have to, uh, and I guess most of these drivers would probably do this, considering uh, the cars that they bring and the value of those vehicles. Uh, you know, you have to get insurance and things like that. Hopefully nothing happens, but in the event that it does, uh, you're covered. And uh, then uh, you probably, do they give the drivers, especially folks who've maybe never been on uh, a race course, be it uh, an oval or a road course, do they give them uh, a little... Uh, practice uh, some warm-ups and and then then they kind of yeah, let them go every time, every yeah every time we've had a new group on the track what we do is we give them the first i think it's 15 minutes under a standing yellow mm-hmm. and they just go out and run around at about 35 40 miles an hour and if there's a instructor they can have their instructor in the car with them that track it that track has three different configurations but the main one is 3.97 miles, so it's basically a four-mile-long track. Sure. It's got nine, 19 turns and uh, 1,200 total feet of elevation. Man. So it's a it's a, very, a lot of off-camber corners and stuff. It, it's a very uh, tricky track. I've, I've been around it in my Suburban. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the old Suburban out on the road course. That's great. Yeah, the first time i ever worked there they they were nobody could tell me where my corner was and one guy said well just get on the track go around until you find it i was like all right cool so i went for it <laughs> so you drove the four mile road course in your suburban did you uh yep, all did, the way around did you get on it at any point i mean did you really try to yeah. open it up yeah yeah well, that, yeah that's great that's awesome well i know they have uh uh, the ability for people to bring their uh, RVs out there. They've got uh, RV and uh, camping available for people that want to stay out there uh, that come in town yep. for the race. What is the area itself? It's around the Gravoy Mills area. So uh, are you seeing anything that looks as though uh, the area around the uh, the course is starting to see some growth? Have you heard of anything uh, along the lines of plans for maybe some additional hotels, motels? Uh, are they bringing uh, or looking at uh, bringing in uh, possibly more restaurants, any retail? I would imagine, I mean, at this point, that a lot of people are uh, optimistic about the future and what it holds for that area, but certainly uh, there is uh, probably uh, plenty of opportunities for somebody to uh, put a business there that would benefit from all of the folks that come to town for the races. Yeah, so far the only thing that's broken ground that's off of the facility is um, a a sports bar, automotive theme to go figure, and a and a campground. Uh-huh. But it's not done; it's not completed yet. Somebody told me that Jr. was going to put a hotel on the 
the actual property that the racetrack is on, but I haven't heard that from him directly, so mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know what I mean? I can't really say that for sure. Well, I would think... I, mean, it, I know as a local business owner myself, I'm I'm sure hoping that, you know, we get a little spark by new businesses coming into town. What uh, what business do you own, Fred? Let's get a plug-in for it. Oh, well, I actually own and operate uh, FD Associates. It's a specialty advertising business. Uh-huh. So we do hats and T-shirts and mugs and all the promotional products. Well, if you need something for your group or your organization or you want to get the word out about your business... Remember the name Fred Costa, C-O-S-T-A, and uh, he can probably help you out. Well, certainly, I I appreciate the opportunity to talk with someone who's involved in this because the potential for growth in the area is just huge, and uh, and certainly there is so much that can come about as a result of this as the track gains more notoriety throughout the state, throughout the country. You're going to want to bring in uh, all kinds of of different uh, races, and so I would imagine uh, at this point, you know, everything is is uh, business as usual. But they look to increase the number of races, bring in uh, more people, uh, different uh, ki- uh, kinds of racing, and so uh, this can only get better as uh, as the years go I go on. So. And I I would also tell folks if they want to go to I hate to use Facebook, but they have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. the, and it's, you know, Ozark International Raceway, and there's an article on the, off. there's a link on their Facebook page to an article from a magazine called Speed News, Right. and there's lots of photographs, lots of neat information, and including a video of an entire lap around the big course, the big configurations, not the smaller two. Right. Uh, they also have a website, OzarksInternationalRaceway.com. I've got that pulled up in front of me, but I'm going to go on Facebook and find their Facebook page and like it. And uh, as a flag marshal, is there a specific turn that you really like working, uh, a turn uh, or an area that sees a lot of action? Yeah, I've worked, like I said, four different corners so far, so far and uh, turn 15 has been the most active turn that I have worked. Uh, last time I worked out there, geez, I, I can't tell you how many yellows I threw. <laughs> well, and, and there was a couple pretty bad accidents, too, where guys really tore their cars up, and that's uh, unfortunate, but everybody was okay. Yeah, so. well, that's good to know. Uh, safety in the sport has just uh, progressed at a uh, at an alarming pace, which uh, I think is 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 good because uh, now you see a lot of these drivers involved in crashes, and in most cases, uh, depending upon the severity of the situation, uh, they are able to get out and and walk away, and that's definitely walk what away. you like to see. Um, what I one one uh, thing that I would like to ask of you is if you could convey a message to the ownership because we'd really like to uh, get some of those folks uh, on to talk more about to what's coming up uh, in in the years uh, to come for uh, Ozarks International Raceway and certainly uh, you know at any point if there's something going on out there feel free to call the show. And, and let us know and, and maybe give us a little uh, advanced uh, warning, a heads up, if you will, so people can uh, uh, maybe go and check on uh, tickets and uh, anything else that they need to have in order to enjoy this uh, incredible 
racing experience. It's Ozarks International Raceway. Fred Costa, I certainly appreciate your time, and uh, you can thank your good buddy Jim Paisley for uh, hooking us up, and I would be more than happy to uh, uh, talk some more with you, and uh, you can come in and tell some stories, or you can call us on the phone and tell some stories, but I think it's fascinating what you do, and I certainly appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for being, being, uh, as I like to say, a willing participant. Absolutely, KB. Thank you, buddy. Have a good weekend. You too. That is Fred Costa, and he is a flag marshal at Ozarks International Raceway, the new road course around the Gravois Mills area, and they've got big plans for the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, if you're a racing fan, even if you're not, go check it out just to say uh, you have, and you can cross it off your bucket list. Uh, and who knows, you might get bit by the racing bug, and you'll find yourself out there uh, a lot more than just once or twice. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast. Coming up, following our information break here at the top of the hour, the one, the only, Dave Moffin will be in to uh, talk to us about his most recent edition of Among the Dogwoods. We've got information for you now. Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com will get you up to date on local news. Chris Schneider from Lake TV. Uncle Chris the master of disaster. He will uh, uh, be in to uh, get us ready with a check of sports. Did anybody watch the Field of Dreams game that was on last night? Um, I watched some of the opening ceremonies, the national anthem, but uh, I didn't watch the game because I, I was told that even the announcers knew that the uh, the Cubs and the Reds, I don't really think they're in contention at this point to be in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know what the final score, score was. I can look that up during the break. Uh, but uh, it uh, was very, I, you know, when you, when you see that and they, they came walking out of the corn, uh, like they do in the movie, uh, it's just a, a really, really, really neat experience. And did you notice all the corn <laughs> around that field? That was some of the best looking corn I think I've ever seen. And I wonder if the MLB doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, put a little money in that farmer's pocket to make sure his farm looks perfect because the corn looked perfect the field looked perfect and it was just uh kind of an interesting uh interesting deal i I used to be a big baseball fan uh now not so much but uh wow what a great game what a great game 902 we've got information let's get to it and then we'll get mr dave moffin in here and your phone calls welcome on the key radio community hotline at 573-633-5395. We appreciate your support. And if you'd like to uh, uh, be an even bigger supporter, how about uh, as an individual making a donation to Key Radio? And or if you like the programming, you uh, own a business, you can be an underwriter, you can sponsor this show, you can sponsor any programming on our radio station. We'd love to have you on board as we support the community that supports us. Thanks for listening. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, August 12th. A Brumley woman was seriously injured Wednesday in a motorcycle crash on Route T. 34-year-old Bonnie Stewart was driving when the motorcycle overturned, began to skid, and went off the right side of the roadway. Stewart had serious injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital by Camden County Ambulance. 
A Kaiser man's been arrested after allegedly sending explicit images to a child. Authorities say 41-year-old Jeffrey Andrews sent explicit photographs and messages to an 11-year-old. During the investigation, Miller County deputies say they found messages and images from Andrews to the victim. Andrews has been charged with sexual misconduct involving a child and enticement of a child. His bond's been set at $100,000. He's in custody at the Miller County Jail. The Champagne Campaign is back for a memorable night at the lake and a great way to support local charities all at once. The Champagne Campaign will be held at La Roca Club on Saturday, September 24th. Doors will open at 4.30 in the afternoon. Tickets are $65, and that includes food, games, raffles, and a live and silent auction. This event raises funds for the Community Foundation of the Lake's annual grant. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key & Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, TGIF. And tomorrow it's game one of the preseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, they've been at training camp for three weeks now and first preseason game tomorrow in Chicago against the Bears. The final two preseason games will be at home on the 20th against Washington and then Thursday the 25th against the Packers. Regular season opener is on 9-11 in Arizona against the Cardinals. Now the NASCAR boys getting down to the nitty-gritty. They've got just three races left before their playoffs get underway. They'll be at Richmond this week, Watkins Glen next week, and then the next week they'll be at Daytona. Then the playoffs round of 16 will get underway uh, in September. So uh, things getting tight there. As for baseball, the Cardinals just finished off a series against the Rockets. They are back at home to open a three-game weekend series against the Brewers tonight. First place on the line with the Brewers and the Cardinals going head-to-head. Now, the Royals just got done with four games against the White Sox. They're at home to play the Dodgers for a three-game series tonight. That ought to be interesting. And, of course, right around the corner, college football. Mizzou and MSU both open their seasons on September 1st. That's a Thursday. Mizzou will be home against Louisiana Tech, and MSU will be on the road against Central Arkansas. Hey, KB, 
is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin K.B. Burns. You can see it at 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows. They're all great, including Weekend at the Lake with Bob Spicer. Let you know what's coming up on the weekend. Of course, you can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como, Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, just do a search for Lake TV, and absolutely free streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Join 89.3 The Key for the BS Nation, featuring Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Bring in people who are influential in the community and focus mostly on state or local, and that's really what that's what we wanted to do. Ike and Matt will address local and state issues and how they affect the lake area. It's up to the listener to take it in how they want to take it in. It's the BS Nation, Mondays and Saturdays at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 2 a.m. on 89.3 The Key. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Many people don't know that the Bible speaks about dinosaurs, even though we use the names from those biblical descriptions. Consider behemoth, a term commonly used for really big things. We read in the book of Job's chapter 40, Behold behemoth which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. His strength is in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. His tail is like a cedar and the sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze and his limbs like bars of iron. He lies in the covert of the reeds and marsh. If the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. No one can take him with hooks or pierce his nose with a snare. I can imagine that passage describing an Apatosaurus or Brachiosaurus or Diplodocus, any of the large plant-eating dinosaurs who occasionally supported their weight in shallow lakes and rivers. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. 
And here we are back again for hour number two of The Daily Show. Thanks so much for joining us. Whatever you're doing, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, 89.3 keyradio.live. We have those free apps for your Android and iPhone. Uh, simply type in Key Radio K-E-Y-K in your app store, in your Google store, whatever you use. And uh, you can listen to us wherever you're at in the free world and enjoy finding out more about what's going on right here at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Some guests that I uh, plan on speaking with next week include uh, Tyler Brown. And Tyler is with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Tyler was uh, injured in uh, a situation and has uh, been out of action for a while. It'll be good to have him in the studio on Tuesday. Uh, Also planning on uh, reaching out to uh, uh, the folks who provide us with uh, one of our programs. It's called Ozark Highlands Radio. Um, Hope to get maybe Rick Bryant back in to talk. Um, uh, Chris Ann Hall, the uh, constitutional lawyer, as well as uh, a number of other folks. uh, Mayor Michael Harmison. We'd like to get the mayor back in to talk about what's happening right here in Osage Beach. And we are broadcasting live from SRG Financial Advisors, their world headquarters, which is located in beautiful downtown Osage Beach. So a lot going on on The Daily Show. Mindy Sales will be back next week. We hope to have Bradley Berg back in uh, with us to talk more about what he is doing with uh, the great organizations he's working through, uh, the Beam Lighthouse, also the Lake Area uh, Needs Initiative, the uh, Encompassed Purpose. He is an author. And we had a chance to talk with him yesterday, and it got a little off track, so I wanted to bring him back uh, in the uh, the next week to talk more about some of the programs he's involved in helping people in our community. 9.13 is our time. It's always great to have this gentleman in the studio with us. He's keeping an eye on what's happening with uh, the Camden County Commission, and uh, we're always fortunate maybe now and again to get some um, good intel, some great stories from his days with the LAPD, the one and only author of the blog Among the Dogwoods, Dave Moppet is here. How you been, Dave? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, sir. Always a pleasure to have you in here, and I know you are a uh, fan favorite uh, as far as key radio listeners are concerned. And uh, a lot of people know about Dave's blog. Uh, you've got the new one up and posted yet? Uh, no, I, I don't. This is this is another sneak preview. It's happened yesterday. Okay, so. okay. So uh, where would you like to start this morning? Well, we had a August 11 meeting of the commission uh, yesterday. So this was interesting because uh, this is the first meeting they've had since the election. Uh-huh. And prior to that, I think it's been almost, I want to say the last one they had was like on the 24th. So it's been a while. It's been almost three weeks. And so you figure at some point they got to get going again. You right. Know, you had the election. Uh, whether it turned out good for you or bad for you, if you're if you're part of the commission, you need to get back in there and start doing your job. Right. I, you have four more you. months. So, uh, but Greg Hasty did not show for this meeting. So it was uh, James Gohagen and, and Don Williams present for this meeting. All so, right. So we're absent the presiding commissioner. Uh, but uh, James Gohagen basically acted as the presiding. Uh, the first thing they came up was uh, they had an update on the project at the courthouse where they're doing the, the capital improvement project on the the uh, commission building mm-hmm. and the courthouse. And, you know, they're, people have been informed that they're going to be basically emptying out the courthouse so they can do all that asbestos remediation and fix the roof and all the other stuff. So, uh, so it, it appears right now they're still working on the annex building. The uh, electrical plumbing, electrical and plumbing roughins are going to be ready to go next week, and then they're going to move the last of the courthouse departments out of the courthouse. Then I think once 
they, I think the intention was to move some of them over to the commission building, the annex and the others to various locations downtown. So mm -hmm. they, they've posted like where those departments are going to be. So they have to obviously get their computers set up and their phones set up and all that stuff so they can continue to do their jobs while this project's right. going on. Right. Because God knows how long this project's going to take. I think uh, it's going to be an interesting process, and uh, certainly will it be uh, completed by the time that the new presiding commissioner takes over uh, and the new prosecuting attorney takes over and the new uh, circuit clerk for Camden County takes over. So there's going to be uh, even more in the way of transition that needs to take place so uh the citizens of Camden County can get the uh, services that they would uh, normally expect to receive. Yeah, it'll be interesting where the commission meetings are going to be. I don't know if they've decided where they're going to move those to once they pull out, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, we've got room here at uh, SRG. They've got that big conference room. We that's could probably right. get uh, about 100 folks or so in there. That's true. I think it need be. I think sometimes they use Mid-County Fire. I think uh -huh. some places meet over there. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so the interesting thing is we always talk about how, you know, there's a lot of people here at the lake who have talents and are retired and, you know, we have a lot of resources we could draw from because we have these uh, retirees and people who had former lives that come to the lake and settle down and maybe want to help out. Uh, Kim Willie's husband has actually been hired on by the, the county mm -hmm. part-time to manage this project because he had a lot of experience, I believe, with federal building projects and construction. So, uh, you know, he's basically, because he's, I talked to him about it. He he loves Camden County, wants to help out any way he can. So he's he's getting paid, but he's getting paid less than what a kid working at McDonald's is getting paid to do. Let's put it that way. So, uh, so yeah, so he's basically managing that project for the county, and so that's that'll be pretty good. It's somebody that they can they don't have to hire on a full time employee. He can kind of track it. He has experience with it, so he can call BS if something's going on and. And uh, he doesn't. He thinks they're they're messing around or they're right. trying to overcharge for something. So I think it's that's kind of an example of uh, uh, the commission doing something that we've kind of been talking about. You know, you've got these resources here in our own community. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg to get someone who just likes being part of, likes the community, wants to help out, uh -huh. and uh, you know. They get a little bit of scratch, maybe some beer money or something, but nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing that's going to be. Get some. It's not going to break the bank. Got some drinking money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, so so that I thought that was a good idea. So I talked to him about it. Sounds like it's it's on track, and he's he's basically keeping a watchful eye over these guys. There is a lot of confusion. If, what the name of the company is that's doing it? Like it's spelled V E R E G Y, so it looks like Verigi. Uh, some people call it Vergi. I talked to the guys from the company, and they swear it's called Vergi. Vergi. So, so Vergi is the name of the company. Uh, yeah, so they were there, too, uh, basically explaining what they were doing. And so then Brian's thing was that he, that he wanted to come in and basically let us all know uh, as far as the permitting stuff. He was very emphatic that Camdenton needs to be on board. Uh, to be transparent because they're it's technically within their city so as far as inspections and making sure that everything's to their standards they're going to make sure that uh, Camdenton uh, inspectors are on are basically walking side by side along with the county as far as making sure that everyone everything meets their requirements for for being in the city so they won't have an incident like what happened with the annex building where Camdenton came in and inspected it and it basically failed inspection so we're going to avoid those mistakes in the future the uh, the second item was the software for the GIS system. Like, have you ever used the county GIS? 
Is that something you ever used? I have not, no. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. We didn't have this in California where you could just log on and like basically see who owns your neighbor's property and who owns the properties around you. And, uh -huh. you know, it shows you all the little lot lines. And it, it's really useful when it comes time for the tax sale because they've got a layer that they can put on where you can say, I want to see all the properties that are available for tax sale. And it'll kind of redline them all. So you can kind of go through the map and figure out, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I'd bid on that. or So this this item was basically for the the contract to for the software that they use to draw the lines on it. So all the lot lines you see or to change lines, or if you wanted to shorten a county road, uh, <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's going to be 38500 bucks. Well, I mean, it's basically the same price as it was last year. Uh, so one of the things that Marty, the uh, tax assessor, said that, you know, we generally would have to pay for these satellite images. You know, you might look at this, this GIS and be like, where's my house? Like, if you just built your house, it's been a year or two, and you still see just, like, the foundation or nothing on your lot. Uh, Missouri might actually be offering satellite service for free mm -hmm. to, to all the counties. They're going to start – there's a talk that they're going to start doing this kind of satellite imaging and making that available to all the counties within the state. So it might be something that we wouldn't have to pay for anymore because it's not cheap to get – have them do this uh, satellite imaging of the county for inspection purposes or or to just see what's on people's properties. So if Missouri can start doing that for free, that'd be great because we'd have accurate, up-to-date imaging of all the... Now, some people might be like, well, I don't know if I want people seeing what's on my... Who knows? Right. I mean, there's always two sides to everything. I mean, some people are probably like... Getting ready to call in the Honey, complaint. we're going to have to do a, a better job of hiding the still. Yeah, they're going to get the camo netting out. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, wow, they grew a bunch of trees over there. They've got infrared imaging. So uh, let's see what we can do to uh, make sure we keep that under wraps. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. I mean, it's pretty pretty good uh, resolution, too. So I don't, I don't want anybody to know where our bunker is buried. That's right. So you're swimming outside in your pool. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's good. I thought that was interesting. Uh, they did the July tax abatements. That's usually pretty boring. That's the tax abatements or something that comes up every month. Right. And then that was pretty much it. Uh, the atmosphere was very friendly around the courthouse. People were waving. I'm not saying people seem happier. Maybe they're happier because the election's <laughs> over. Uh, but people who were probably waving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People who who probably earlier would have given me a, a grimace or rolled their eyes at me or now suddenly wanting to wave at me as they drive by. So I, see. I don't know if the, there's been a change in environment already, but uh, Ike was there. Ike attended the meeting. So sure. he's our incoming presiding commissioner. So that, it was just an interesting scene. A lot of people wanted to talk to Ike. Uh, he was very popular. <laughs> well, I think so. And, you know, we talked to him earlier in the week on the show and uh, I had asked him, I said, uh, now that you are going to be the next presiding commissioner of Camden County, uh, is this uh, a period where you're running into a lot of people and they're uh, talking to you one way or the other about uh, some things that they would like to see, some concerns that they have? And he said, absolutely. And so uh, Ike, is, uh, Ike is talking to folks and getting some intel from them. Uh, also, uh, you know, making the transition and uh, uh, also talking about something that he campaigned on, and that is utilizing people that live in the community as far as, you know, we've got a huge uh, 
uh, a huge cross-section of people that uh, have served in different capacities. They've retired to the lake, and, and why not get some of those people involved? It, I, it obviously helps, again, with the transparency aspect of government, but uh, it certainly then gets more people on board, and then those people can go out and say, well, here's what's happening. You know, Don't uh, necessarily take stock in the rumor mill because I'm on this committee or that committee, and uh, here's what's what's really going on. Yeah, maybe they're coming up to him and saying, hey, I'm real sorry about that thing I posted about you on Facebook. <laughs> my, my, my Facebook account was hacked. Uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> that was my kid. My kid, my kid got on my Facebook Yeah, account. exactly. But yeah, so there, there has been either people who sat it out or people, you know, this is going to happen anytime there's a change in leadership. I think people mm-hmm. start saying, okay, well, it's got to, change my alliances a little bit there's a little you know that's just how politics works i think to some any any workplace you know so if new president goes out new president of the company comes in there's going to be a shake-up as far as who wants to get to know who very true i wasted all my time (laughs) getting to know that guy (laughs) (laughs) spending all that capital so yeah so the other thing i did was i went to a village of four seasons uh meeting i I normally go to the horseshoe bend road district it's like one of my favorite meetings to go to and it's funny because as i started attending it uh more and more political candidates started showing up so it went from where (laughs) it was just me right and and i think uh, commissioner gohagen was coming with me and then uh then suddenly ever that started to become the hot spot to go (laughs) well when you're uh out on the trail trying to uh, get your face in front of people uh, I'll say I went to a, a gun auction uh, about a month or so ago, and it was interesting because I think there were at least four candidates that were running for office, two that were running for judge, one uh, that was running for prosecuting attorney, and one that was running for presiding commissioner were all there at the gun auction. And don't think Rick Bryant didn't take a good opportunity to uh, to mention them. And And I think that's just, you know, how you do it when you're running for political office. Any opportunity, and certainly a free opportunity, is uh, is a good one to get out there and, uh, and and spread the message and shake and howdy with folks. And hey, the I think it was um, was it just prior to the election, or maybe the election was about a week and a half away. But uh, yeah, there were four candidates there that were running for various uh, local office. Yeah, and I've started going to more Horseshoe Bend stuff because it's where I live, and so I like living there, and I'm I'm happy to be part of that community. Yeah. Um, you know, in this last election. Horseshoe Bend actually underperformed for voter turnout. I think Osage Beach did also. I think yeah. they were in the high 20s. Meanwhile, it was the uh, the outlying pre- precincts, the ones like uh, Climax Springs and and Roach and all those that, that were up in the 40s for turnout. And so, you know, I think for me, getting more involved in Horseshoe Bend maybe encourages, would get more people actively yeah. involved in voting. So that's kind of one of the things I'm going to try to work on this year, I think, just trying to get people more informed sure. uh, in my area. because. Frankly, if you're Commissioner Williams, I think you have to be concerned because this was a mandate and the majority of the turnout was from communities that are in his district. So that can't be very comforting that, you know, your your area, your district is like super active right mm-hmm. now, whereas, you know, the first district seems to be kind of not as involved. So, Well, it all happens for a reason, my friend, and uh, folks uh, certainly made their voices heard as far as the uh, uh, the election uh, you had uh, over 11,000 ballots cast in Camden County, over 4,000 in uh, Miller County. I'm not quite sure about the numbers in Morgan County. But uh, this election meant a lot to a lot of different folks for a lot of different reasons. And so uh, I, I, again, stress the need for a, uh, 
a nice smooth transition. And no uh, burning of records. No. Yeah, no pulling <laughs> keys off the keyboard, That's things right. like that. Let's just keep it nice and and civil, and make sure that when it's time for uh, new folks to come in, that they have. Uh, everything that they need to uh, to do their jobs. Yeah, the Village of Four Seasons meeting I went to, like I said, it was a, it's it's very nice facility. Um, and you know, in, in fact, when I was sitting there, I believe it's a, they have trustees, and I think it's the president. I'm not mm-hmm. sure who the leader is of it, but he came right up to me. and was like, "Hey, who are you? What, welcome?" Because he hadn't seen me around. And when I talked about who he was, he goes, "Oh man, I read your blog all the time." Yeah. yeah so he thought. So in fact, when he got up there, they were having their meeting, and then he goes. Hey, did y'all know Dave's here? Because <laughs> have you guys read his Four Seasons Yard Sale article? It's a great story about the Four Seasons Yard Sale. So uh, it was kind of funny. I mean, it's nice to go someplace where, where people are friendly, especially if they appreciate what you're doing and they maybe have heard of you. So that, that was good. And I got to say, the way they run their meetings, very organized, where each trustee is kind of in charge of one topic. Like uh-huh. One guy's in charge of maybe the budget. One guy's in charge of like... Uh, uh, the landscaping stuff. One guy's in charge of the permitting. So they just run down the line, each of them briefing their sections. So uh-huh. it's, it's not like, I mean, obviously their government's a little bit simpler probably than Camden County's. Right, right. But it is interesting to have different, basically they're their commissioners, you know, their board members. They all have their areas of responsibility that they have to talk about. So it's kind of nice to have a, people in the audience like me and there was two other folks uh, because otherwise they're just going through this <laughs> themselves basically so i think they do appreciate when people come you know they're going through this whole thing they obviously are very well prepared and well versed on what they're supposed to be talking about uh and so it's nice if people can go and it's like i think it's 5 30 just off cherokee 5 30 p.m uh which is a great time for a meeting hey candy county commission something to think about you don't have to have every meeting at 10 in the morning um because yeah it's it's and i thought it was really good i was impressed and what day is this again I, I think that it, this was on Wednesday at yeah. 5.30. I don't know if it's a regular thing where they do it like the second Wednesday of every month, but it's on their website, I think. Where Their website's not super. But it was nice. The gal even gave me, a, their secretary even gave me like an emergency planning list thing I could put on my fridge. <laughs> they were just very excited to have somebody come. And then the president and I talked. He came out and we talked out outside at the entrance for a while. So it's, uh, yeah, you should do it. It's, it's free. You don't have to pay anything to get in. But you learn a lot of stuff. You know, the sheriff's deputies are there, uh, lieutenant and sergeant that run the Horseshoe Bend there. They brief on, like, the major incidents that happen during the month. They, you know, they'll, they'll go over the stats on what's going on. Uh, and if people aren't aware, too, that new duckhead traffic light tracks all the, the vehicle traffic coming in and off the bend. And the traffic was very high and basically the thing they said was that uh, fourth of july is traditionally like one of the highest weekends that they've trafficked mm-hmm. but now every weekend has consistently been high it's like there's not any one weekend that really sticks out it's just i want to say i don't know if they said they had forty thousand cars drive through the the bend over the weekend or something like this that. past weekend yeah wow but i mean that's multiple days but i've i've heard once there were twenty four thousand that went through on one day i think certainly doesn't seem out of the question and that's both ways too. Yeah. some people coming up i mean i guess some people come on horseshoe bend and never leave but, but most of them it's two-way traffic it is 9 30 we need to step aside for our final information break this morning dave moffin is our guest if you have any questions any comments 573-633-5395 the key radio community hotline is at your disposal whenever you'd like to use it uh, when we're on here as part of the daily show but certainly this morning and when we return dave 
You've got some good stuff lined up for us. So give us uh, a little tease. Yeah, I think we're gonna we can talk a little Mar-a-Lago search uh-huh. warrant. Talk about how search warrants work in general, uh-huh. and uh, a little story about Mel Gibson. Oh, very good. See, Dave used to work for the uh, LAPD, so I would imagine it was nothing at all to run into a celebrity now and again. The worst ce- celebrity cases are the worst cases. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. I know who the chief of police is. I know, uh, and 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 if you give me this ticket, you'll never work in this well, town again. They're always such stupid cases that you would never work if the person was a normal person, like Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan. They're the worst people. Terrible. People. <laughs> so we'll get a little uh, look see into the life of a celebrity, as well as talk some search warrants when we come back. Stacy Johnson standing by with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. You've got uh, a check of the local news and also. Chris Schneider, Uncle Chris, the master of disaster, talking a little sports right here on The Daily Show on Key Radio. And as always, thank you for listening. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, August 12th. A Brumley woman was seriously injured Wednesday in a motorcycle crash on Route T. 34-year-old Bonnie Stewart was driving when the motorcycle overturned, began to skid, and went off the right side of the roadway. Stewart had serious injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital by Camden County Ambulance. A Kaiser man's been arrested after allegedly sending explicit images to a child. Authorities say 41-year-old Jeffrey Andrews sent explicit photographs and messages to an 11-year-old. During the investigation, Miller County deputies say they found messages and images from Andrews to the victim. Andrews has been charged with sexual misconduct involving a child and enticement of a child. His bond's been set at $100,000. He's in custody at the Miller County Jail. The Champagne Campaign is back for a memorable night at the lake and a great way to support local charities all at once. The Champagne Campaign will be held at La Roca Club on Saturday, September 24th. Doors will open at 4.30 in the afternoon. Tickets are $65, and that includes food, games, raffles, and a live and silent auction. This event raises funds for the Community Foundation of the Lake's annual grant. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. TGIF 
And tomorrow it's game one of the preseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. They've been at training camp for three weeks now. And first preseason game tomorrow in Chicago against the Bears. The final two preseason games will be at home on the 20th against Washington. And then Thursday the 25th against the Packers. Regular season opener is on 9-11 in Arizona against the Cardinals. Now the NASCAR boys getting down to the nitty-gritty. They've got just three races left before their playoffs get underway. They'll be at Richmond this week, Watkins Glen next week, and then the next week they'll be at Daytona. Then the playoffs round of 16 will get underway uh, in September. So uh, things getting tight there. As for baseball, the Cardinals just finished off a series against the Rockies. They are back at home to open a three-game weekend series against the Brewers tonight. First place on the line with the Brewers and the Cardinals going head-to-head. Now, the Royals just got done with four games against the White Sox. They're at home to play the Dodgers for a three-game series tonight. That ought to be interesting. And, of course, right around the corner, college football. Mizzou and MSU both open their seasons on September 1st. That's a Thursday. Mizzou will be home against Louisiana Tech, and MSU will be on the road again. Central Arkansas. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local lake area shows. They're all great, including Weekend at the Lake with Bob Spicer. Let you know what's coming up on the weekend. Of course, you can see Lake TV absolutely free on Como, Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, just do a search for Lake TV, and absolutely free streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the key with your monthly donation.
Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call one 866 71 Abuse. This is your chance to get involved in community radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, The Key. It is 9.39. We are up to 75 degrees here in beautiful downtown Osage Beach, broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. And what does the weather hold? Well, as far as today is concerned, we're looking for a high of about 90 degrees. We'll see a mix of clouds and sun. 67 the low tonight, some perfect weather and a great way to start your Saturday. It's going to be a hot one tomorrow. Sunny and 94 for the high, and then partly cloudy and 95 on Sunday. We'll hit a high of 90 on Monday with partly cloudy skies. Some scattered thunderstorms, which is going to throw a bit of a wrench in the works as far as the temperature is concerned. Maybe the humidity will be there, but we're looking for a high on Tuesday of 78. 82 for the high on Wednesday with a partly cloudy sky. Sunny and 84 on Thursday. And then isolated thunderstorms in 84 on Friday. I mentioned earlier the uh, big jamboree. Camdenton Lakers hosting the jamboree. I believe West Plains is going to be there. Uh, Jeff City is going to be there. I'm not sure about the other team, but uh, it'll be an opportunity for you to come out and uh, watch some local high school football and then get ready for the kickoff of the season the following week on the uh, 26th. The Lakers will be on the road, I believe, for the first three games. And uh, finally... Uh, after about a month of uh, being on the road, almost a month, they'll return to the JOD Jaws of Death Bob Shore Stadium. We will have all the action for you all season long. My partners in crime, Brendan Matthews and Luke Hagedorn, I will be patrolling the sidelines yet again over there on 93.5. So we look forward to the opportunity to begin, I believe, what will be our 13th season together. And uh, that's pretty amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing my brothers from other mothers and uh, bringing you some uh, great play-by-play as we've done for so many years. And uh, thanks to all the supporters and thanks to all the sponsors. And thank you uh, for joining us here this morning on Key Radio. Lake level at 659.38, river level at 552.89, surface water temp 83 degrees. And yes, indeed, don't forget hot summer nights going on tonight on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. Five until 10. It's uh, Rat Rods and Hot Rods, show us what you got. And we are uh, certainly happy to have the opportunity to uh, to get out and have fun, bring the families down, enjoy what's going on, and just make sure uh, to check out all the beautiful vehicles, stop in and see all the wonderful shops and restaurants and all the great attractions that are available 
on uh, on on this hot summer nights, and we'll have one more September the 9th to wrap it up. We'll salute our uh, veterans and first responders and heroes. Make sure you stop by and see Charcoal Chuck. He'll be there. They have the young lady with the henna tattoos for the kids, and the nice thing about a henna tattoo is uh, it's not henna color. But there's a joke in there somewhere. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. You're not going to be looking at it, you know, five, ten years from now and going, I oh, shouldn't have done that. That's anyway. Right. Uh, that tramp stamp will come off in a couple of days. Yeah. I don't know that they do tramp stamps for the kids. <laughs> mommy, mommy, I want a tramp stamp. No, I don't think so. Anyway. Monica and I went. We had a good time. Yeah. It was nice to meet your wife. It was hot. By the time you get down to Lucky's, you got to get that emergency cold beer mm-hmm. and try to walk back the other way. A refreshing cold beverage so that you can get motivated because you're walking when you come back. You're kind of walking uphill a little bit. Yeah, get your steps in, folks. You get your steps in. Yeah, and you, you get your cardio, no doubt about it. So come on down and see us tonight again, 5 until 10, on the beautiful and historic Bagnell Dam Strip. Dave Maupin is our guest. He is the author of Among the Dogwoods. And guess what, folks? We're going to get to uh, have a little fun and uh, look into the art of the search warrant. As most folks probably know by now, Trump's Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago home in Florida, was raided by the FBI, and a lot of people uh, have looked at it a variety of different ways, Uh, so it's whatever your take is on the situation. But we wanted to take a moment here with Dave and uh, look into uh, the aspect of search warrants and uh, finding out a little bit more about uh, what's going on there. Yeah, Mar-a-Lago, I think that's like ocean and lake or ocean by the lake or something like that. Uh I think so. Okay, that's not what I'm here to talk about, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... uh, I did do a lot of search warrants. I mean, I, I know we talk a lot about I, I spent time as an LAPD officer and even as a Ventura PD officer for a brief time. But the the vast majority of my career, I was with the DA's office. I was an investigator there. Uh, the L.A. County DA's office has about a thousand attorneys and we had around 300 detectives in our Bureau of Investigation. And our big thing was that we did a lot of follow-up cases, but we also had some original cases that we investigated, and we would we were big on writing search warrants. That was something that, that we prided ourselves in, uh, we took pride in. So so I have some experience. I've written a bunch of them, so I just I think sometimes people get a little confused about what's involved with the search warrant, and so I thought I'd just go over some of those details. Um, basically, what it, what it is is the, the, the investigating officer believes that there's there's reason to believe that there's going to be evidence at a particular location. Now, it could be like your email address or it could be a house. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a physical location. But the, so the investigating officer is going to write an affidavit that they're going to be sworn to. And, you know, this this will vary a little bit from state to state, but generally across the country it's going to be pretty standardized. And so what you do as an as an affiant is first you give kind of like your, we called it uh, the I Love Me page where you're talking about all your qualifications, like basically your resume, your, your experience, because you're going to be making, state, you're going to be making opinions in, this, in the, the affidavit, and the, the judge needs to be pretty confident that you know what you're talking about. So uh, you'll describe the crimes that you believe occurred, mm-hmm. and then you're going to basically explain why you think evidence of those crimes will be located in the areas that you want to search. So... If it's the house, you, you want to give in the affidavit reason why you believe the person resides in that house and the reason why you think thus that there would be evidence of the crime that you think that person committed in that house. And that's basically it. You're basically telling the judge, here's the crimes that we think happened. 
here's the evidence we're looking for. Here's why we think that evidence is going to be at this location. And in my opinion, as a trained law enforcement officer, this sure. is the case. So then the judge will basically sign off on it. So there's, a, there's some rules uh, that are, again, pretty standard. Sometimes they can deviate a little bit. But when you get the search warrant signed, you've got to serve it within 10 days. Uh-huh. You're not allowed to take the search warrant, stick it in your back pocket, and then hold on to it for two months and then go hit the guy's house 60 days later. Because then it would be stale. You know, the, the, basically the facts that you brought to the judge at the time that the search warrant was signed right. would be considered stale. Um, now you can, if for some reason you can't serve the search warrant within 10 days, we could get an extension where we could go back to the judge, give him basically, hey, we went by the house, the guy still lives there. We st- you're basically freshening up the, the information to make sure that it's current based on when you're going to serve it. Because if you waited 60 days, you might go hit that house and the guy you were looking for with the evidence, he doesn't even live there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have moved out. And here you're basically knocking down a door of people who have nothing to do with the guy. Um, we also had restrictions on when we could serve it. Uh, a lot of times it's 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. Right. for service. In California, it was 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. I don't know if that's because California, they got to give them an extra hour <laughs> to wake up. They're, that's, uh, what is that, uh, Pacific time? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a little it's still a little early. Come on, let's give <laughs> Now, if you, had a, if you had an arrest warrant, I think you could hit it at 6. But for a search warrant, it was 7 to 10. Uh, and so in California, 7 to 10 are considered reasonable search warrant hours. Uh, well, you know, somebody probably wants to get up and do their hair and maybe their makeup or uh, whatever else is involved in all that. So, yeah, so it's it, you can get what's called nighttime service. Um, basically, if you can articulate to the judge why, hey, we don't have time. We, we, it's better to do this one at night um, or for some reason we want to do it. We got to go do it right now. Like sometimes you might get to a location, do a search warrant, right. and then you realize – we have more evidence of a second location that we didn't. We found all this evidence. The guy's got a storage unit, or the guy maybe is living somewhere else. Also, we want to do what's called a rollback. So we would write a new search warrant based on that old one and the stuff we found, and go get it signed in, in after hours. Mm-hmm. And then we might be like, "Well, we want to serve it now." So the judge will authorize nighttime service. Uh, for example, one time we had one that was right next to a school. And so we told the judge, we don't want to go there at 7 a.m. because all the kids and stuff are going to be doing drop-off. So if something happens, uh, you know, we don't want it to affect all these parents and kids that are going to be lined up right in front of the house. So in that case, we got nighttime service for that search warrant. Now, that doesn't mean we hit it at 2 in the morning, Mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to hit it earlier than we would normally hit it because we didn't want to make entry on a house with hundreds of cars lined up for drop-off with the kids right there in our line of fire. So that's what, that's sometimes some reasons why you would do a nighttime service. Let me ask you a question. Yep. Is is there is, is for those people who watch Law and Order, and uh, they have to go to the DA to get a search warrant? I think obviously that is a television show. So while some of it is probably accurate, there's a lot of it that uh, again falls into. Uh, the line of it being a television program. Sure. Uh, but when you feel as though there may be a situation where there could be some gunplay, uh, there could be someone who is uh, not a willing participant, uh, and then you have to bring in additional officers or certain types of uh, uh, groups like maybe SWAT or something like that in order to serve it, does that complicate things, or is that part of the process? How does that work? Yeah, generally that. So a lot of departments do require you to run a search warrant past the DA. My department did not require that. I, I could walk into any judge's office 
judge's chambers in the county and get a search warrant signed by a judge. But a lot of agencies uh, do require that the DAs review and basically approve the search warrants or sign off on them. Uh, our office didn't like doing that because they felt like it involved the DAs too much in the search warrant process. Um, maybe there was some added liability there that they didn't want. Uh, as far as the tactical aspect of it, uh, that usually is, is completely on the law enforcement side and that generally the judges and DAs don't have anything to do with that. Right. But we do uh, have to make considerations about what's going on, who's in the house, uh, do they have kids, is this a violent crime, is this a paper crime, you know, is it, is it a fraud case or is this a, uh, is the guy, yeah, if the guy's a, we had a checklist, a tactical checklist where is the door fortified, are there, uh, is there a large fence around the property? Right. Is, the, is the guy, what kind of crimes has the guy committed? And so it was basically a process that you'd go through and check. And if you checked enough boxes, it qualified then for a SWAT call out. And it was basically because we had problems where detectives would underestimate the threat and then go in with a general team of detectives to go in. And really they were entering like a very dangerous location sure. where it was probably more appropriate for like a specialized tactical unit to go in. And if anything, that's safer because those guys know what they're doing. Uh, they always There's always a saying in LAPD, bad tactics make good shootings. Because a lot of times the, the shooting's justified, but if you had just had good tactics to start with, you might have avoided the shooting altogether. Uh -huh. You know, Because the bad guy sees you have the drop on him or he sees that there's a SWAT team and they've got ballistic shields and he's just, he's not going to. Make, he's not going to take that risk this day. It's mm -hmm. not, the, but he might take a chance if he thinks that it's just a bunch of detectives. Uh, so yeah, that's something we would consider. But we had, like I said, we had formal checklists we would do to make sure that it met those qualifications. The other thing we would do is, um, you know, there's a tendency I think in law enforcement these days to just be like, okay, we're going to line up. We seven o'clock. We're going to hit the door. It's what we're going to do. This is the safe way to do it. And when guys would come in and talk to me, like I was a sergeant or a lieutenant, and I'd be approving tactical plans. Right. Right? And I'd say, well, what are you trying to get out of the search warrant? They're like, oh, we want the stuff on his phone. I'm like, why are you hitting the house at 7 in the morning then? Like, don't get in this habit of just by, it's what we always do. We're, I said, if you want his phone, why don't you wait for him to go to work? Like, I'm like, well, what time does he go to work? They're like, oh, 9 a.m. I'm like, why don't you just sit outside the house and snatch him up when he comes outside to go to work? Right. Because we had situations where... Even with SWAT evaluations, they would say, okay, like he's got kids in the house, his whole family's in the house. Um, if we go hit the house and he starts shooting at us, we're not going to be able to fire back because we don't know who's in the house. We don't want to hit any of the children or the family members. Right. So there is, has been this evolution in modern policing, I think, where we don't have to always do the same techniques all the time. It's much easier to snatch the guy up outside uh -huh. his driveway, you know, his way to his car with a couple undercover agents, and then go in and we know there's nobody else. It's just the wife and kids inside. Then let's just then we can just kind of go in and knock on the door and 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 go. We don't always have to be out there with the ram, and just ram in the door. And 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 I've I've been sergeants on search warrant entries where they hit the door like knocking it. Uh -huh. You know, well, police open the door. And after 30 seconds, they're like, okay, bring up the ram. And I was a sergeant. I said, no, 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 hold up. We're not ramming the door yet. And they're like, afterwards, they were all grumpy, like, oh, that wasn't safe. But I'm like, okay, we're here for a paper case. This is like a, an insurance fraud case. Um, looking at the profile, it's quite possible these people don't speak English. Uh, and here you are knocking on the door at 7 in the morning. You're probably waking them up. That first knock probably woke them up. Maybe the second knock woke him up. How quick can you get to your door? Because then you're going to go look out the window. You're going to see is there. 
So if you're waiting 30 seconds to hit that door, like uh-huh. that seems kind of quick to me. And sure enough, I made him wait an extra 30 seconds. And within that 30 seconds, the guy opened the door and then we came in. Well, and, and it would seem to me that you catch him off guard. And if you can do it along the lines of a more civil approach, maybe they're a little bit more willing to work with you. They're not all frust- frustrated and flustered. It's a, a situation where you simply knock on the door, similar to how they could have uh, done with Roger Stone. But uh, oh, exactly, you know, classic, you know, classic example. That whole situation where they brought in all those uh, all those members of law enforcement. They had an amphibious unit, and 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 I guess maybe similar to the way they could have done it with uh, Trump's house at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you know, turn off all the cameras. The uh, lawyers need to go. Yeah, if you think if it's a dope warrant, yeah, I get it. Why you want to hit it quick because they're they're gonna. But if it's like guns or paperwork, or what are they, how much? How many guns are they gonna flush down the toilet while you're waiting? For the <laughs> you know, like, and, and truthfully, like one of the things that I I always thought was, you know, we came out with these tactical uniforms when I was at the DA's office, and we were body armor, and we we were plain clothes, all of us. But when we went to do a search warrant, we had tactical gear, we had vests, all that stuff, uh, even helmets, and so. When we would go in, they, they came up with these tactical uniforms that were subdued. Like, you know, like you have, you have the bright stripes and bright badges, and then they have these subdued ones that are, like, we were black, at, were black, and then they would have gray police and gray. And I looked at them, and I'm like, our chief's like, we had a meeting once with our chief where he came up, and he's like, to meet with us. We were, I was working up in the Antelope Valley. And he said, well, anybody have any issues? I said, yeah, what about these subdued uniforms we have? He goes, oh, you don't like them? They're tactical. I said, yeah, no one knows we're the police. Yeah. I said, when you look out, you can't. I said, they're so subdued that from 10 feet away, we look like a bunch of guys all just dressed in black. Because my concern is always, and it's always going to be the number one thing that they say when there's a shooting, we didn't know the police were there. Yeah. We didn't know these guys. I want them to know 100% that we're the police. Yeah, okay, there are some suspects that are going to say, the police are here, we're going to shoot it out with them. That's not typical for suspects. What you're really concerned about is someone thinks, these guys are trying to rip me off, or they're trying to break into my house. It's right. a home invasion. Right. They're all dressed in black. They're claiming they're the police, mm-hmm. but I can't see any badges or shoulder patches it could be another uh uh another uh, group of uh, uh drug dealers yeah, drug uh, ripoff it could be uh you know anybody that says that they're the police and so the search warrant process seems like it is uh i, I don't know if it's been more refined over the years or if it's gotten worse or uh, again depending on the situation and who's in charge that to me would seem like it is the most important thing whoever is in charge of the operation that has maybe done it enough times to realize and understand there's a way to handle every situation. Uh, there's times when you want to break the door down. There's times when you just want to knock on the door. Uh, it sounds to me like timing is everything, what time of the day you do it, what you're looking for. The, the key is, hey, let's think about these people that were hitting the house as if they're human beings. Yeah. Like if it was my house, like how would I respond? Because I think it's more likely if someone comes to the door with a gun to see who's banging on their door yeah. that they might see, oh, it's the police. I'm going to put this gun away. Yeah. Then I'm going to arm myself and confront 10 guys with uh, with rifles and yeah. body armor. Uh, there's, there's tactfulness, I guess, on both sides. So we've got uh, about two and a half minutes left. Can you share a little of the Mel Gibson story with us? I don't know, man. I think i got to save it because All right. it's good. I, let me finish up on no, this one. Yeah, exactly. I'll, Fair I'll, enough. Fair I'll, enough. I'll, we don't want to waste it. I don't Reason? Well, it. now you've got a bit of a preview as to what's going to happen next Friday. That's right. We're going to share a story with Dave Maupin regarding Mel Gibson, so definitely tune in. And like you, you mentioned with Mar-a-Lago, you know, the whole issue where they were saying, oh, the attorneys couldn't be in the rooms with them. But generally, our pr- procedure was once we were inside, you could sit in the living room 
while we had somebody watching you, right. or you could leave, mm -hmm. but once you left, you couldn't come back in. We didn't let people follow us around in rooms while we were searching. Sure. Uh, but there is the issue about being professional. We always, I always told my guys to assume that they're being videoed at all times while they're in there or recorded, because uh, people have webcams in their houses. They can turn them on, on a lot of times on their computers and watch you and see what you're doing. Um, yeah, so the, and, and a lot of times what I would tell them is, uh, you know, they they were like, well, can I leave? And I'd say, yeah, you're not under arrest at all. Mm -hmm. And so we, we would have a team leader who's in charge of the tactical team in the search. And then we'd have an investigating officer who's going to be the one that's uh, doing the interviews. Mm -hmm. And then me or someone else would be the supervisor who's basically there to handle in case we find a lot of money or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to go. Right. And, of course, you've got a veteran sergeant like me. It's going to be fine. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, so what I would always tell the guys is they'd be like, hey, can I go? I'm like, yeah. But I said, I'd rather you stay here because... Because then you can see how we're searching. Yeah. You can see what we're doing, that we're not tearing your place up. And really what I want to do is I want to talk to the guy. Yeah. So then I'd say, in fact, you want to walk outside? We can just talk outside. Because the first thing they're going to say is, I felt like I was in custody. Because we talked about it before. The, your Fifth Amendment rights get triggered when you're in custody yeah. and you're being interrogated. The uh, more comfortable you make them feel, I would imagine, the smoother the process is going to go. So there's a lot of psychology involved in it as well. Yeah, I'd walk outside and stand right outside in their driveway. And meanwhile, I'm recording the whole yeah. time. So I'd be like, what do you think we're going to find? Is there anything in there? <laughs> Dave Maupin, as always, sir, we appreciate your time. And thanks for sharing the experiences uh, when you were with the LAPD. And as I said, we've got a story on Mel Gibson coming your way next Friday. And Dave, of course, stays on top of things with his blog, Among the Dogwoods. Make sure you subscribe to that blog. Folks, I... Uh, would like to say that uh, it's been a pleasure. As always, we invite you back Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, of course, every Monday through Friday from 8 until 10, it is The Daily Show. Enjoy the uh, warm weather, the weekend, the lake, everything the lake has to offer. Thanks as well uh, to not only Dave Maupin, but Fred Costa for being a part of the program. Go out there and enjoy this beautiful lake we live on. Uh, you are listening to 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. It